Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you once again on a Thursday night. And Lord, ask that you would help us and, uh, to study your word, to learn from it, to be encouraged and strengthened. Lord, we ask that you would direct us in the way that we may be your servants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may. All right. If you need an outline, uh, wave your hand there. I think Brother Henry has a few and can pass one out. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, if you would. Philippians chapter 4. And. Uh, The verse 4, uh, as we're just going through some special passages where we've where been through the book and gotten the big picture here, and now we're just picking up a few things here. And so, Philippians 4.4, 4, this is a, uh, actually a song we sing in Sunday school sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Now, We've, I actually picked this verse for the theme of this book. And you have to notice here that oftentimes when we hear that term, rejoice in the Lord, or I'm rejoicing in the Lord, it's always because of something good going on. But I want you to read the context here. As we go back to verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, that sounds like Paul saying, listen, you've got to hold on, you've got to keep going. And then we get to verse 2 and we find out there was a little bit of difficulty here. And praise God, it was nothing like what was going on in the Corinthian church or the Galatian church. But Paul is asking that these two uh, ladies there in the church be of the same mind and then to help those that served in the gospel. And maybe even these two ladies were the two that helped Paul in the gospel. And now uh, they needed to to be brought back uh, there. And then... We have rejoiced in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We get to verse 5, and it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. And I'll tell you what, you go into some churches and they get so excited about rejoicing and jumping up and down. And uh, The happiest place on Sunday and the saddest place on Monday. Now that not ought to be what church is about, amen? And uh, so... What we're going to do is just take this little command here. This is actually not a thing that says, okay, enjoy yourself. This is a command. We are to rejoice in the Lord. Now, let's go back to verse uh, 1 of chapter 3. And this is where Paul uses this phrase. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Now, Again, what was the context? Well, in my Bible, chapter 3 is right at the top of the page. So I turn the page over. And you know what? We find the story of Epaphroditus. Now, who was Epaphroditus? He was the messenger from the Philippian church. He had been sent from Philippi all the way to Rome with an offering to help Paul as he was imprisoned there in Rome. And uh, here's 
what uh, it says here in verse 25, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. Now, if we understand this correctly, Epaphroditus was bringing an offering to Paul. They did not have uh, Western Union and uh, all of those things that we do today to transfer money. And so uh, Epaphroditus was sent with it. He gave it to the Apostle Paul, apparently abode there a few days and was getting the news. And then he began to realize something that Paul's needs were so terribly great and that the offering was so insufficient, Epaphroditus apparently decided he was going to go out and try to earn it and almost worked himself to death. I'll tell you, it's not hard to do. The next verse is, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. You know, one of the greatest things that we face in our day and time is simple discouragement, is it not? I mean, you listen to the news and it's just one horrible thing after another horrible thing. And uh, I don't know about you, but I thought, wow, maybe our country is turning a corner here with the election of a new president. At least the defeat uh, of, of the Clintons and removing them from the political scene. Uh, people say, why do you still... Uh, I was in the plumbing supply the, uh, this week picking up parts and, and uh, we've got an ongoing thing. And he says, how's your guy doing? And I said, he's still doing a whole lot better than the other lady would have. And we, we just go back and forth like that. And, and uh, But I'll, I'll tell you, you listen to the news and it's like this and that. And it just, you look at the needs that are out there in the world of missions. You, you look at, uh, sometimes I look at all the work at Union and I'm just sitting there going, this isn't going to get done. Oh, wait a minute. There's an answer for all that. You see, I'm not the answer. Are you? Was Epaphroditus the answer? Was the Philippian church the answer? Uh, who was the answer? The Lord was. You know, I've, every commentary I read, it says, Finally, my brethren, 
And, uh, oh, Paul is getting ready to close. In fact, we've, uh, I joked, and I remember reading in one of the commentaries, uh, when a preacher says, finally, uh, that means he's got a second wind. You better hold on. He's just getting ready to start again. No. Here's what Paul was saying. He was saying, listen, don't get caught up in the circumstance you were doing what God told you to do. The end of the matter is to rejoice in the Lord. When you're obedient to God's Word, you know what you're supposed to do? Rejoice in the Lord. The illustration... Uh, You go back to Nehemiah and uh, the book of Ezra as they were building the temple. And the old men were weeping and the young men were jumping up and down and the noise was heard a great way off. You know what the problem with those old men were? They had their eyes on what was. But let me ask you, what was going on in the temple when Nebuchadnezzar's armies came in and destroyed it. There was no worship of God going on. That's why the temple was destroyed. So why were they missing that temple? Well, they were missing the splendor. They were missing the beauty and all the gold and all of the... the... But the God was still there. And the fact that the temple was being rebuilt was where they were supposed to be Rejoicing, Amen. You see, this was not. Uh, we we all think it. Hey, it's easy to rejoice in the Lord when things are going the way I want them to go. Now, isn't it? It's hard to rejoice in the Lord when things are going bad. It's even harder to rejoice when you've done everything you know how to do. And it still doesn't turn out right. Now, God healed Epaphroditus. He didn't die. Praise the Lord. Paul said, I'm sending him back to you very carefully so that you can rejoice. But Paul was still sad at losing the companionship because uh, the Roman guards really weren't that great uh, talking partner. Probably someone, who gets the preacher today? And then taking, uh, casting lots or... Uh, whatever, to see who's going to put up with the Apostle Paul today. And, and, uh, and so this, Paul said that I'm going to be sad that he's gone, but listen, you need to understand something. Don't get caught up in what isn't, what could have been, what should have been, Serve the Lord today. You see, the reason I say that is you look at the next verse in chapter 3. What does he do? He says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you is safe. Beware, dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of the concision. Now, he takes that word, beware, and, and three times he says, Beware. Beware, I mean, he is laying it on the line to the Philippians here. He's not talking about 
the glory of the Lord and the extra and the joy. He's saying, listen, if you're not careful, you're not going to be watchful. And the dogs, the evildoers, and the concision are going to get the upper hand. If you want protection from them, you've got to take your, their, your eyes off of what they're doing out there. You know, we, it's hard. You, you worry. You, you hear about what's all going on. And you, you hear that the Republicans are just lined up against Trump and the Democrats are lined up and, and, and nobody wants to help the president get anything done. And, uh, you know, it used to be, we'd say, when nothing was going on in Washington, that was a good thing for all of us, didn't we? Uh, might still be, I don't know. You pray is what we do. But you know what? I don't ever expect to get a phone call from President Trump saying, would you help me out on this situation? Give me some advice. That's not going to happen. I'm not on his list. Long list, short list. Uh, imaginary list. I have no influence there. Neither do you. And so why do we worry about it so much? When what we need to be worrying about is our service for the Lord. We need to be worrying about rejoicing in the Lord. Being thankful for who God is. Amen? You see, Paul goes on and he lists all of his life accomplishments. And we, last time we went in the book of Philippians, we talked about knowing God. And if you're going to know God, you've got to get rid of all your own accomplishments. What's the best way to get rid of your own accomplishments? Rejoice in the Lord. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord, I don't have any time to rejoice in what I do now, do I? I'm not worried about what I do. I'm taking what I do and I'm getting rid of it. By the way, what was Paul telling the Philippian church at the very same time? He says, I don't rejoice in my accomplishments. And he's actually challenging them. He says, listen, if you think that you have accomplishments, let, uh, put your list up against mine. Mine's longer. Mine's greater. Mine's better. He said, but I got rid of everything. What's the implication? You get rid of everything. Isn't that true? How are you supposed to do that? You see, the end of the problem is when I turn my attention from all of the distractions and the problems I have and put them on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was telling the Philippians, wasn't it? And then we get down to chapter 4 where, where we pick up uh, our, our, our text for tonight, actually. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice. There, there was a problem there with some discord in, in the church. And Paul said, what worked in chapter 3 with the, with the best that you can do and the failure to meet all the needs, guess what? It'll still work. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, 
I say, rejoice. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. You know, that's a tough one, isn't it? What, what's he talking about there? Let your moderation. Well, the word moderation means self-control, doesn't it? Have you ever met someone that was on a roller coaster? I mean, one time you talk to them and they're just, I'm at the top of the world. Next time you talk to them, they're just kind of crawling on the floor, uh, up and down and up and down. Those are the people that have their eyes on the circumstances, on what's going on around them, on their accomplishments, on what they can do, on how great the need is. All of the things that the Philippians were doing here. But if I want to have an even keel, if I want to be moderate, if, if I don't want to ride the roller coaster of emotions... I can rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. I can rejoice in the Lord when things are going bad. I can rejoice in the Lord when nothing's happening. I can rejoice in the Lord when everything's happening. I can be doing the same thing regardless of life circumstance. And guess what I'm going to appear to the world in which I live? They say, it doesn't bother you. You're not up. You're not down. You keep, and of course there are times when we're supposed to, when we can be happy and we're not, you know, like the Jehovah's Witnesses where we deny any special days and, and, and try to rob and wring all of the joy out of life. That's not what we're talking about here, but what we're talking about is my reaction ought to be to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? And then we come down here to be careful for nothing. Boy, I'll tell you what, we, we've been trying to get, we're tying up the loose ends and, and, uh, we, uh, this week we had some interesting discoveries. Um, we dug a hole in the, in the backyard. There was a drain there and we knew some things weren't quite right. It wasn't done. And I found a piece of plastic pipe, and you're not allowed to have plastic pipe in the church. And so I said, well, I'll just find out where this goes. And and uh, what they did was they took a piece of plastic pipe and punched a hole in a piece of clay pipe with a hammer and stuck the plastic pipe in there and then just covered it with concrete so nobody would know and then buried it in the dirt. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was, that was a terrifying discovery. And I'm sitting there going, what in the world are we going to do? And by the way, I had this really crazy idea that, you see, we have a little boiler room, a little closet boiler room, and for that to work, they're drawing up the plans right now to install the boilers. There's got to be a floor drain in there. I said, now, in order to be a floor drain, it's got to be connected to the sewer, and it's got to have all these things. And so 
said, well, maybe we can fix this and make a connection. Well, make a long story short. You sit there and you stare and you say, how in the world? And something, it was almost like a little voice that you say, you got everything you need to fix this. Just take a break. And, and so I'm sitting in the hole and trying to keep Philip busy and playing with pieces of pipe, just rearranging them and seeing if this will work this way. No, it's too high. This is the wrong angle. All of a sudden, it just went together. And pray that we don't get any really hard rains before 9 o'clock because the concrete's still drying. And once it dries, uh, it'll be all done the right way. But it's not because I'm a great plumber, I'll tell you that. We buried it so nobody could see. Amen? Uh, no, actually, we packed it in sand so it wouldn't move and, and did it the right way. If we ever need to work on it again, it will be much, much easier than the last time. But here's what the next verse says. It says, be careful for nothing. You know, I looked at that thing and I worried about it and I tried to figure out how to get it done and I couldn't find out where the pipe was going. I didn't know what to touch and what not to touch. And Finally, I just said, I'm going to stop worrying about this thing. I'm going to hit it with a hammer, see what happens. Nothing. But I got out to drill and started moving. All of a sudden, I found everything and it just fell into place. When you stop worrying... And you pray, you rejoice in the Lord and get unupset. Amen. The Lord will answer the prayers. He will give you what you need. The answer is to rejoice in the Lord. Now, we got a place we're going with this. But then look at the next verse. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, how many of you would like to live in verse 7? The peace of God keeping your heart and mind. I mean, wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live? If that was a room, there'd be a line all the way back to the Brooklyn Bridge. People trying to get into that room where the peace of God keeps your heart and mind. Amen? Um, Let me ask you a question. If you're rejoicing in the Lord, are you upset? If you're rejoicing in the Lord, are you worried about things? Uh, If you're rejoicing in the Lord, are you mad at people? I want to tell you, you can't be any of those things that you don't want to be. The, the peace of God that keeps your hearts and minds comes from getting our attention on rejoicing in the Lord always. You see, how many of you have ever had a problem... Say, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray... And somebody steps on the cat's tail. Somebody rings the doorbell. The phone call goes. The, uh, everything in the world.
happens the moment you try to settle down and be quiet and read your Bible. And get, isn't it? Am I the only one that happens to? I don't think so. I mean, it just it it's the way the devil works. And if you want the devil to leave you alone, rejoice in the Lord. If you want your mind to think on the things, now look at verse eight here. Let's spend a minute. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Can you rejoice in the Lord because of what is true and what isn't and the fact that you have a way to tell the difference? Hello? Amen? That's the first thing. What's the next? Whatsoever things are honest. How many of you have been hurt by a dishonest person? Every one of us. How much comfort is there in the fact that Jesus will never lie to you? That this word can never be transgressed? You see, the Bible tells us to think on what things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. And by the way, lovely is having love in it. What is love? God. God is love. Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now I want us to go back in time. Back before there really was a Philippian church. Paul went to the city of Philippi at the direction of the Holy Spirit. How many of you remember what happened? He met Lydia, the seller of purple, didn't he? By the riverside. And there were some other ladies. There were no men in the church whatsoever. And it really wasn't a church. It wasn't a synagogue. That's why the women assembled by the river and they prayed there. And Paul went and he took them the story of Jesus Christ. And Lydia believed. And they had the nucleus to a small church. And as they were going to their meeting place, the demon-possessed woman told the truth about the man of God. Now, doesn't that sound strange? And my favorite way of putting that is, God can't use the devil's advertising. And so Paul finally had to put a stop to that thing because, you know, the the world has a phrase, if you can't beat them, join them. But let me tell you, if the devil joins church, Jesus leaves. And Paul understood that, and he cast the demon out and left it. Uh, and then Paul got thrown in prison, didn't he? After he, he and Silas were beaten severely. It would be months before their wounds would be properly healed. I mean, we read in the book of Acts where he washed their stripes and, and gave them food and cleaned them up and all of these things, but... That kind of beating would take months to recover from. What were Paul and Silas doing in the prison that night? 
rejoicing in the Lord, weren't they? And the jailer got saved and his family. And God used that horrible beating to protect that church. The magistrates were not going to bother any of Paul's friends forever. Because all Paul had to do was just say the word and they would be the ones in the docket. The the council of the city of Philippi. And so God had used all of those things because Paul was willing to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. As we try to finish the thought here tonight, I want us to look at a couple of other passages that aren't in your outline here because they're not really in the book of Philippians. But if you would, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're going to use this as as I I like to do from time to time as an occasion to um, use the Bible as a commentary to explain other passages. So you might want to just write this down. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren... Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Do you think that as James is writing these words, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation, that it might actually be exactly the same thing that Paul is talking about to the Philippians when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I believe it is. Because... In Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 3, both of those chapters are full of adversity in the life of the Apostle Paul and in the church at Philippi. And yet, what was the answer? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. What is the answer in James 1? Count it all joy. Is there a relationship between the word joy and rejoice? Yeah, there really is. And you see, it's not always easy to count it all joy when things don't go the way we want it to go. But I'll tell you what it is. It's an opportunity, if we read James chapter 1, for God to work patience in our life. How many of us like being around patient people? How many of you enjoy it when someone is patient with you? How many of you like being patient with others? No hands went up that time. That's the hard part now, isn't it? But if we're going to be that person that's got the patience, guess what we've got to do? Endure tribulation. That's what James chapter 1 tells us. We've got to go through it. We've got to understand that the Lord is in control. And that's why Paul is writing the book to this church at Philippi. Helping them to understand that they need 
to rejoice in the Lord. Paul lived that when he was put in prison in the city of Philippi. By the way, how many of you remember Philippians chapter 1? As he is talking to the Philippians, he said, These bonds, these chains that I'm wearing have actually worked out to the furtherance of the gospel. I'm still getting the message out. I'm still effectively reaching people. God knows what he's doing. Exactly what James is talking about. Count it all joy. I want to go to one more, if you would. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's look at verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Do you think Paul might be using different words to relate to the Thessalonians that exact same truth of rejoicing in the Lord always? When he says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That doesn't mean that I feel good about every situation that comes to my life. But what it means is, I trust God with that situation. If I'm trusting God with that situation, might there not be an opportunity to... Rejoice in the Lord because I can trust Him with what I don't know, what I can't bear, what I don't understand, what hurts. You see, this is what Paul was trying to teach the Philippian church. He said it to them this way because he felt that they would get it right off the bat. Because they knew the story of Paul and Silas in the jail. And so he just said, finally, my brethren, if you don't get caught up in the fact that Epaphroditus did all these things and... and And, you know, I think Paul was really, as Epaphroditus was carrying the letter, he was was reading as Paul was writing. And, and, uh, you know, he was thinking, man, that was awful silly of me to try to do everything myself and get sick and almost die and, and, and all of this. You know, how many of you ever beat yourself up because of things? You do things wrong. We all do that, don't we? Paul said, church, don't worry about the insufficiency. Paphroditus, don't worry about the foolish decision to try to do everything yourself. Paul, don't you worry about the needs that aren't being met. We're going to rejoice in the Lord. That worked the first time I was in Philippi. It'll work the next time. Amen. We count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Not because we're just jumping up and down with joy, but because we can trust God and know that He's doing a work in our hearts and in our souls. Amen? 
And we can rejoice in the Lord. We can be thankful no matter what happens because we can trust God. He's still on the throne. He's still good. He's still doing things. He's still protecting us. You know, everyone talks about all the joy in the book of Philippians. Because it talks about rejoicing. And Paul says, you're my rejoicing and you're this. And, and I have all this faith in you. And, 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 and that God is going to keep doing this work. And they kind of skip the point. But there is an awful lot of adversity in the Philippian church. In fact, Paul's going to write about the Philippian church in 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 when he talks about the churches of Macedonia. That was the Philippian church, the chief city of Macedonia. And what did he talk about? How poor they were and how great an offering they gave because they first did what? Does anybody remember? They gave of themselves, didn't they? Might that just be another way of saying rejoice in the Lord when it's not about me anymore? It's just about Jesus. I know we made a lot of connections, but there's, there's a lot of connections that need to be made here. Because this is not a theme that is just here. Uh, we, we need to grab a hold of this thing because it's the essence of true Christianity. Is I'm not going to give up the joy that Jesus wants me to have. Even when I find a plumbing disaster that we had not anticipated that was actually showed a picture at the plumbing supply and the guy just went what do you do when the plumber supply doesn't know what to do you just keep working amen and it's all fixed you see it's not about you it's not about me how many times have we said this this is a command this is the theme of the book of Philippians. That we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in all God's people said. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you for your word. We ask that you would do your work in our hearts and lives. And Lord, that you would help us. Take our eyes off ourselves and off the things and simply trust you. Lord, that we would gain a new understanding of what it means to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Lord, that we would live that verse in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lord, we pray that you would keep us moving forward in your service, that you would not let us give up our joy, and, Lord, that we would keep you at the center of it. In Jesus' name we pray. And we'll just have the piano play.
you need a few minutes to come, the altar's open.